students, you know, my heart goes out to those. Yeah. Mm -hmm. All right. For those of you that are just that are just tuning in, it's Father Pat and I in your ear, the Holy Ruckus podcast episode. I want to say 64, but I'm not really sure. Don't quote me. But um, you are catching us in the middle of a pandemic. Of course, things are still raging, but we're recovering and we're getting back to some sort of normalcy uh, and going back to masses. So that's always good. Um, in addition to that, we are also still in this mode of uh, protests and um, not so much writing. I haven't seen anything like that, but um, it's been wild. And guess what? I was, I was waiting for someone to wake up the beast, you know, and for someone to, you know, poke this also slumbering, you know, Winnie the Pooh bear that is the Catholic church or at least Catholic church social media who yeah. is waiting to be like, what about me? You know, and, and, and here's what I mean about that. And this is something we didn't really detail in our notes, but I figured it's a good place as any. Um, what did you think about when you saw um, protesters coming out and taking down the statue? Because it's been a minute since we've been together. Uh, taking down the statue of St. Uh, Junipero Serra. And uh, what did you think? I know what I thought, but I just thought it was hilarious to finally, you know, we were waiting for for some of us to become victims again and leave it to this one for us to be martyrs. I have a couple, have a couple hot takes on this. I, I don't know that I could choose just one. Hot I mean, take. I, I don't, I, I can't share like the outrage per se, because I think a lot of it is, is just pure raw emotion. And I'm not trying to diss anyone. And I'm certainly not trying to dismiss anybody's like feelings, because like your feelings are your feelings. They're not facts, but they are, and they're important, and they tell us a lot about ourselves and the world that we're living mm -hmm. in. And like feelings demand to get our attention, basically. And people are feeling hurt, you know. So like, there's plenty of times when I've been counseling people, or even in my own self, you know, like complaining to the Lord. I've said plenty of things that like, oh Lord, please don't hold that against me. Like, please don't. <laughs> short memory about this conversation because if you hold on to these words and like indict me with them at some point before the pearly gates that's gonna really sting but yeah we i mean we get hyped up we get worked up we do so people are just latching onto like any statue at all right and it's been ridiculous like there's been multiple examples of like uh the abolitionist statue that got vandalized or like you know messed up you know or these different religious figures you know that don't necessarily deserve it or whatever but here's here's the thing i i guess people are are more or less like the colin kaepernick kneeling mm. trying to find something that will get attention that isn't like the exact form of protesting that uh everybody's like extremely critical of you know like the violent kind the burn the burning buildings kind that uh just basically turned people off and turn and people tuned out. They just turned off their TVs when, when that was it. So I kind of have like, you know, another take where I'm like, yeah, you know, I, I could see, I could see doing something like that, you know, spraying graffiti or, or messing up a statue, pulling it down in order to get the attention that people are, are refusing to pay, you know, it's painful. Mm -hmm. Did you know much about the man of uh, Jimmy Purcell as, as, as a saint? I didn't hear much too much about him until Pope Francis came in and, and we canonized him. But would you would you did you know anything about him? He's like he's like one of the Franciscans who did uh, 
who followed the you know the Franciscan model model of evangelization in the new world. So he went around you know founding these you know uh, township monasteries throughout the southwest, Cal specifically California. And the Franciscans themselves like had have been like you know called out for at least of that era being a little bit more um haphazard like haphazardly running over people's local customs and cultures and stuff and not really like protecting their identity but kind of exploiting the natives a little bit mm -hmm. um i don't know i i don't think that i don't think Junipero Serra did that or at least right i think he's being mischaracterized and being thrown into the whole group of like well he was buddy buddies with maybe the colonizers and everybody else so he must go down too or he i mean he's big white guy with a cross which is further from the truth i mean i don't know i'm pretty sure he's probably brown <laughs> really get serious but no he um you know was very held dear by the indigenous people in terms of bringing the faith and and someone that would you wouldn't find him on, on on the side of like he would speak out probably against the atrocities that are happening in the police brutality so it's odd but at the same time when when um my big thing and my big like kind of like mm, okay fine was when i saw like a lot of catholics kind of just like you know just like they tagged they got tagged into the fight you know they didn't have anything to say and then all of a sudden now it's like well now we're being persecuted again and I wanted to just tell him like, whoa, pump your brakes. This is not nearly what other communities are going through, what the indigenous people are going through, what black, uh, what the black community is going through. Now is not the time to play victim. I don't know, but, but what is it the time for? Um, as a priest, I mean, um, what were you seeing and maybe what is the appropriate response for Catholics to not get their, their uh, draws in a bunch here? Because it, it's not about us right now. And I don't know. Yeah, well, that's definitely <laughs> a fascinating part of this conversation because I think a lot of people are are feeling um, they're feeling powerless, you know, and and we say and do things like you know pretty extreme sometimes in such powerlessness, uh, you know, because everybody wants to do something, but we are just being in solidarity is doing something. People. I think we diminish the value of that, but but being in solidarity, listening to, walking beside, accompanying, you know, reaching out to and comforting, you know, our neighbor at a time like ours or any other in history is is definitely doing something, and it's definitely valuable. It doesn't feel like much, but it's kind of this classic model in the church of a ministry of presence that. Uh, you know, new guys or, you know, new women starting out in, in active pastoral ministry have, have a hard time, you know, kind of feeling comfortable, like, am I, am I doing anything? Am I fixing anything? Well, that's not the point. You're not, not necessarily required to, to fix something. But I would say to Catholics in general, you know, um, we're not iconoclasts. We don't, you know, we're not throwing the baby out with the bathwater as far as like holding up, uh, you know, we, we, we use a lot of statues, right? We use a lot of images in our church. That's a huge part of our faith. And it has roots in the medieval times of like catechizing people in a way that they could be through images because you don't have to teach, you know, art. Um, it just kind of speaks for itself. 
and but they couldn't read so that was like the only way they would learn about their faith and their these you know saintly figures and stuff at the time so we're not iconoclast we don't believe in like no statues at all every at anywhere at any time um we don't believe that but we should think a little with a little bit more like i don't know selectivity perhaps mm, about like who do we glorify? Yeah. Who do we celebrate? Who are we enshrining? And for what purpose? You know, um, because these human figures that we enshrine, like that can't possibly be like for them to be idolized. Um, we're expecting them to be like models for us in of human behavior. Um, but ultimately, like, yeah, you could pick apart any human being right because like every saint has a past and every sinner has a future period mm -hmm. no and 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 that's totally it it's like we're really gonna like this doesn't i mean it didn't do much like people were asking like well what'd you think about them you know or about uh the blm protesters like taking down the statue i'm like i don't know did it just take down one i mean i get it. i see it it it, it maybe it should maybe i should feel more bad about it and raw about it like hey that's my church my beauty but it's like no that's that's not my church i'm not going to water it down to like that thing i'm not going to chop it up it's like no I'm like as long i mean again we're, we're opening up churches are opening up that's where my church is that's where my congregation has been um even through live masses even through like this quarantine time and and, and even in this midst of protest and pandemic that has been the moment of trying to find at least for me like what's my stock in is it in having my mass the way i want it said by the priest i want it said with the music with the statues with the ornateness or with the accidents going like is this what my church is or is is this you know um just indicative of something else like i have to be about like the the meat and potatoes the meat and potatoes of it, and, and right. I don't know. I just don't care enough about it, and and, I, and maybe I should, but <laughs> but I'm just like, ah, you know, um, yeah, okay. Board up your windows, board up your houses, your doors. They're gonna be breaking your stained glass windows, okay? Like, and and I'm sure the higher ups and the bishops will get involved to to try to make those kind of statements. But otherwise, until further notice, what time is mass? Because that's where <laughs> I want to meet them. You know, amen. I mean, you kind of just embodied two principles at once, right? Like, turn the other cheek. You know, mm -hmm. ever heard of that? Like, you know, if they pull down one of our statues, like, offer them another statue, I guess. Like, no, I'm not encouraging like vandalism or of, of any kind, but, but to a certain extent, it, it's not like it's definitely not our highest priority. You're, you're right about like the mm -hmm. heart of the church and people and you know, our communion together. And in that regard, it's like a shout out to our boy, Deacon Lawrence in the early church, right? Saying, uh, you know, with the emperor telling him to go round up the church's goods and bring them before him and <laughs> give him like a couple of days or whatever. And he comes back with all the poor of Rome. He's like, these are the treasures of the church, man. Like, <laughs> you know, Burn them up. Go ahead, you can put your glasses on, Father Pat. I see you. I see you want to floss out there. Go ahead, put your glasses on. No, but... Okay, well then that said, that said, Father Pat, what statues should have they should they have toppled down? What artwork should we like? I don't know. This is bad, but there's some heck. If if you want to destroy something, I got some art that we can throw in there. 
Oh man, you're gonna put me on. Uh, um, you're gonna put me on I know you've been to some Jesuit retreat houses, and you've seen <laughs> some. Uh, and this might be too insider baseball, but every retreat house or Catholic ones, if they still exist, <laughs> you know. Um, but the retreat houses that you know priests go, or, or even folks that work in the church, there's some cool art. But then there's like some art that's just like trying way too hard to be yeah. like impactful and, and maybe multicultural, which I'm not getting on the multiculturalness. I love that. However, yeah. there are some that I'm just like, that's objectively ugly. But yeah. I don't know. Are, are there some? I know for one, there's one of the laughing Jesus. Have you seen this one? I was just going to say that. <laughs> I was just going to say Okay. Jesus. <laughs> the laughing Jesus. T tell the people for the ha that haven't seen laughing Jesus, what does laughing Jesus look like? Painting. I mean, I think I could show it at least to our video viewers. It's, it's, he's something like, it's like at an angle and he's got like his head cocked back and he's kind of like, <laughs> <laughs> it's like, I don't know, he's like mid joke or something or uh, like, like Peter just farted or something. And it's just, it, it's, I don't know, it does nothing for me. And I love to laugh and I love like the idea of God's Jewish sense of humor, but I can't like, he's like, oh. <laughs> Like he's reacting to something that happens off camera and and you're like i have no idea it just for me on multiple levels it's a frustration because i'm like why is he laughing like is jesus crazy like jesus shouldn't be laughing right now that wasn't funny or you know and who knows okay so for those that don't know if you could pull it up i don't know if you can show your screen or do it on your phone um but i i call him like the, i don't even know I call him like the Kenny Rogers, like Jesus, or like, I don't know, like Roy Rogers, <laughs> Jesus. Because have you ever been inside of Roy Rogers? I have, yes. Okay, when you go inside Roy Rogers, it has a very particular style, like Western style of artwork uh, as a wallpaper at the Roy Rogers. Subway used to have it too. But anyway, have all these pictures. I think, I don't know, President Reagan was on the wall and just people were on the walls. And Allah style of this laughing Jesus, he's on there, you know, and, and it just remind or the um when I went to this retreat center, the laughing Jesus image reminds me of Roy Rogers, like I'm about to go get a buttermilk biscuit with like sausage or something, because it just looks <laughs> ridiculous. So if you want to burn that one, not because it's you know anything crazy, but if you want to toss that one out, I, I'm okay with that. Um some musical pieces. I don't mind Marty Hogan, you know, compositions going out there and no offense to him, but uh, yikes. But anyway, <laughs> let us know yeah. below in your comment section, folks, if you have any songs or um, we're gonna start a bonfire. You know, what are some things that we're throwing out uh, in the church? But otherwise, that's There's just one. one. There, I've got one that's like, actually like. Oh, where'd you go? Hey, gentlemen, we're gonna we're gonna try to bring my guy back. Hold on. All right. Oh, are you here? All right. Ladies and gentlemen, in the comment section, go ahead and let us know what are some artworks that you've seen that you're just like, oh my gosh, like this has got to go. <laughs> you know, some some artwork that that because uh, we were talking about the fact that should we feel offended of Saint Janier Procera's like statue being removed, and and I'm not making light of that. I think it's horrible, but at the same time. I didn't think too much of it. Did you guys? I mean, those of you that are, are listening and, and watching, what did you guys think when, when you saw these statues coming down? Um, 
Were you clutching your pearls? Were you how how upset were you? Were you upset at all that these statues are coming down? And did you feel like the Catholic Church is under attack? Uh, I didn't. I didn't. But maybe you did. And we we're very apo apologetic if that's how you feel. But uh, I don't know. It's the Holy Ruckus. Uh, what was one artwork, uh, Father Pat, that you were like you wouldn't mind seeing uh, seeing go there? It took me a few weeks, but the the first time of uh, prematurely closing the wrong window happened. Um, so I think it's I think it's a Dali. It's the Last Supper by Ah Salvador Dali. Yeah, nipple nipple god. <laughs> like, no. Yeah, you've seen this one. You know, it's like it's the Last Supper, and then God, you can't see God's head, but he's like faded up above the Last Supper happening, which is happening on like like planet Krypton or something. It's like a very sterile environment. But you get to see like these like disembodied or or like decapitated nipples like hanging up in the sky. And it's completely off putting like I'm putting my whole soul here out on the table. I, I'm very uncomfortable with just these floating nipples. Whatever's happening <laughs> down below, I don't pay attention. It's just it's distracting. It's supposedly a great classical work of art. I can't stand it. And some people, because it's the Last Supper, right? The classic move is like, put the Last Supper depiction in the refectory mm -hmm. cafeteria because, duh, mealtime. But if it's that version, guess who's not eating that day? Or like, who has to like put his back <laughs> to the painting? Because it's, it's not gonna happen. Like You just can't do it. No, 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 I'm sorry, I'm sorry. I'm pulling it up right now. For, so for my for my viewers that are that are watching, we're we're gonna hook you up here. I ain't gonna let you down. I'm not gonna let you fall astray. Here we go. Um, here we are. I'm gonna share my screen. And for those that are wondering, this is my wife's account. I'm not paying for my. I'm trying to share the 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 laughing Jesus Kenny Rogers, and uh, that's what caused me to accidentally close the window. So, but I, I looked at it. It is exactly like Kenny Rogers. Is it really? Oh, it is. It totally is. Hold on. Let me see. Share my screen. Here we go. I'm going to share my screen. All right. Let me know when you don't see me anymore. I'll see you. That's Nip it. That's Nipple God. Yep. Nipple God on Planet Krypton. <laughs> So take us through here, like, okay, we're at an art gallery, like, try to sell me on this Last Supper painting, Father Pat, go. Right. So I'm, like, telling you, so clearly, um, Jesus has just uh, had an appointment at the beauty salon, because he's, like, bleached his hair, like, <laughs> dark blonde, um, and he's, like, going full-blown Michael Jackson, like, trying to just, you know, blend in or something, and... <laughs> uh, some people are like, they can't handle their space juice because they're already like slumped over in their chairs and they're too drunk, like, you know, for the rest of whatever Jesus, <laughs> they've already, they're, they're lightweights, they're gone. Like they're, they're supposed to be fishermen, but at least in this world, like space fishing doesn't make you a hardcore drinker anymore. And then, oh, what's this? Who do we have in the background? Yeah, God the Father decided to show up, you know, with a nice, like sunset and he it's like you know shirtless shirtless sunday or something or shirtless thursday because he's like in this depiction of the last supper no shoes no shirt no problem like you're still <laughs> grace is still gonna come 
because and like what is this arm gesture that he's doing he's like man my pits are sweaty or like you know he's doing something <laughs> he's, he, he's like you know you he, he's looking like he's starting the angels in the outfield sign of like you got an angel with you right now <laughs> shout out tony danza swing away <laughs> oh my gosh and and you know i'm not gonna lie god the father you you've been working out you, you i mean you went yeah. to the gym you shaved your chest you put some baby oil on that thing and here we are i mean you put it out there lord so you obviously want us to take a get salvador dolly you must people encounter the lord in many different ways it's a salvador dolly it's like, chest day <laughs> it's chest day but he's doing the he's doing like the chris farley fat guy in a little coat like shuffle back and forth or something and he's just perfectly centered in this plus what is jesus i think jesus might be dropping some bars you know because he's either got, that or he's the best wingman ever <laughs> i'm the check out my dad this is my homie this is my father he's up in the sky he got two nipples like <laughs> i don't know this is the best i don't like you got me with the whole like they might be drunk and passed out <laughs> Look at the loaves of the bread. I mean, now, and there's some of Salvador that I actually like, but just some of it is just, like, too wild for me. Um, yeah. It does look like I'm being taken to Man of Steel on Krypton, and Russell Crowe is about to come out. Who knows if that's Russell Crowe? Yeah, so, they're in the Fortress of Solitude. This is actually, this, yeah, this is just before they go out on mission. They're, they're getting their orders on the, in the bridge, you know, before the away team beams down. <laughs> <laughs> Who's Judas? I don't know. I think Judas might be gone in this. There's two, four. Six. Gone in many different senses of no, the word. And we, you're not fool anyway. That's a shot of whiskey right there. Or a shot of bourbon. <laughs> like what? Exactly. Like they've got, you know, their baskets are overturned. You know, they're they're just all over the place. You know, I don't get to see their faces. I don't understand. Like I don't understand. I Thank don't you. Understand. Thank you, Salvador Dali. Nipple God. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Can you imagine that being played by Ricky you, Bobby? That's what you searched. Did you search Nipple God or did you search Last Supper? I searched Salvador Dali. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Last Supper. Not Nipple God. Goodness gracious. All right. Uh, and then you got my, my, my initial favorite, the one that needs to go. Oh, yeah. Show me Kenny Rogers, Jesus. There you go, for 500. Yeah. And... You know, you got a Rob Zombie one here. <laughs> Anybody know? I mean, yeah, this is straight like out of Roy Rogers. Dirty dreads. <laughs> this is straight out of Roy Rogers' kitchen. And hold them. <laughs> you know, so, ladies and gentlemen, if we, you know, again, let us know. If there's some artwork that you're like, you wouldn't mind seeing that tossed out or thrown in a yard sale. Uh, <laughs> let us know. Comment below. Because yikes! <laughs> yeah, I actually would pay for one, and in, in an ironic fashion, I would absolutely buy one up and call it "Jesus Stings the Gambler." <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Are we backing? You you don't? Do you see my screen anymore? You good? Yeah, I can see your screen. You're still sharing. Oh no, really? Hold on. Like I'm, I'm fine with multicultural Jesus. 
including white Jesuses, although he's obviously overrepresented. But like all most of those laughing Jesuses depicted there were like very, very white Jesuses. And some of them were like kind of like a corporate CEO like shot of like me like grinning at the directly into the camera. (laughs) When did you take a headshot? When did you when were you featured in Forbes magazine for like the the top growing religions of (laughs) in Palestine in the third century? Oh Lord! How do I stop my sharing? You stopped, yeah. You're I back. did. Yeah. Am I back? Okay, I figured it out. Back with just us two until I close my window prematurely. Oh my gosh! Okay, yes. So, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, that that concludes that concludes what what should go away uh, because what what Star Wars Jesus? I got my man Lance. Ooh says that there's a Star Wars Jesus out there. Yeah, uh, it does kind of look like the, the cockpit of the Millennium Falcon now that, I don't know if that's what Lance is going for, but that's it does kind of remind me of the Millennium Falcon. The way oh, you like, mean the, the dolly? Yeah, the dolly piece, yeah. Okay, okay, I, I think we're still on the dolly piece. Yeah, well, well ladies and gentlemen, definitely. Um, we got some people here who want to shout out. Teresa Rigo, hello, Andy McHugh. Jose Melendez, what's going on? How's Tony doing? Jose Melendez is Tony Melendez's brother. Uh, they've been oh, doing something, dropping some music and content during this uh, COVID time. I think Molly Herrera was here earlier. Uh, Mike Tunney was here. Um, but anyway, yeah. So if you have any uh, artworks that you want to see, uh, you know, thrown out or put on yard sale, go ahead and let us know. Hey, Father Pat, do me a favor. Go ahead and pat your beard. Do you got like more on one side? What's going on? What are you well, doing? What when I'm when I'm like over, you have to be they, camera ready. <laughs> camera the ready. Natural, the natural light makes it disappear. It's very thin. No, so like the window looks, side beard is looking good. The other one looks young. How, how am I doing now? Very I'm nice. Not, I'm very nice. <laughs> Look, um, let's see. Okay, so with that was light. Let's go. Let's go dark again, Father. Uh, let, let, let's go back into the void yeah. of the darkness oh, of, um, Catholic Twitter and Instagram. Um, Abby Johnson happened. Do you want to uh, so we yeah. <laughs> sleep it on it or preach on it? What do you want to say? So Abby Johnson, hardcore pro-lifer. Uh, we're not yeah. judging, but I think she said some. So here's the thing also, like you can judge someone's actions and objectively look at them and say, yeah, I probably wouldn't do that. <laughs> I probably shouldn't say that. Right. And, um, show sure enough, uh, Abby Johnson, one of the heads of like the pro-life movement and, and was a converted Catholic and everything said some, uh, pretty, I don't know. What would you call them? So they were at, at best, they were clueless and insensitive right at best um and at worst i think they're just downright inflammatory uh and 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 racial racially uh, you know they're kind of they they have that smack of of bigotry the way that they she characterizes i mean i don't think she's bigoted towards her her own son son, right Right. like that's, that's the hard part is is like parsing this out 
I'm not trying to like read her soul where I don't have that charism, but she makes these comments about her biracial son. And by the way, sidebar, like this is a classic move, right? That I think many, many people make, especially white people who feel either white guilt or just the uncomfortableness of being, um, of not being in the minority. That like- Especially in this discussion. We, we say like, I have a, don't worry, my, my best friend is black, or don't worry, like my, my sister's boyfriend is black, or, you know, and so we throw out these qualifiers, and, you know, the, the whole biracial- Here's my resume. Thing, it kind of plays that way, right? It, it, play, it feels a little bit like, it's all good, I'm qualified to do this because I love this, this child. Well, yeah, you definitely love that, that child, no one's calling that into to, to question. But it is a little weird that you describe him as, you know, automatically intimidating or like guaranteed to turn it to turn into an intimidating figure. Right. So and he doesn't offer context. She doesn't explain like whether she, you know, has any insights whatsoever into like how tall her different sons are gonna be, um, but just kind of leaves it hanging there. So it's it's really uncomfortable. It was a very uncomfortable thing. And she was angry when she made it. I, I'm sure she was seeing the twitter verse and going to the comments and everything and and i've gotten on the um whole thing about the pro-life movement and inserting themselves into the discussion only to try to use it to leverage their own agenda in which in this case they're using the black lives matter moment to start saying well what about the babies yes the babies are important like of course it's a symptom of like the bigger thing in this problem and i get it um but in so doing that, you sound like all you're doing is advocating for your own your particular issue. And like, that's not what this is about. I am interested because Abby Johnson didn't do that. She just went out and said, you know what? I have a biracial son. And, and so for those that are just joining us, this is the Holy Mux podcast, uh, your favorite podcast, favorite podcast. Abby Johnson says, um, and you know what uh, she said is on, on like a, Instagram live or whatever, or a Facebook live where she's recording and, and, and she's really upset. And she says, as a mom of five boys, quote, and one of those boys being biracial, I recognize that I'm going to have a different conversation with Jude than I do with my brown haired, little Irish, very, very pale skin, white sons as they grow up. Hey, Father really, Pat, really are you sure you're not one of her white sons? Little Irish, very, very pale. Yeah. I mean, she called, she describes them as like being, they'll, they'll probably be very nerdy. And that's yeah, another thing. She like, keeps going. Um, but one day he's going to grow up and he's going to be tall. He's talking about her black son. Uh, he's going to be tall, probably sort of large, intimidating looking, maybe a brown man, uh, maybe brown man. And my other boys are going to look like nerdy white guys. And so I realized that I'm going to have a different conversation with Jude than I do with my nerdy white kids. Um, yeah. So this is where she started to lose me because she, like, for one thing, the conversation, there are a couple conversations you need to have with your sons, right? Like, and it, you, we always need to like be in dialogue with our children in a renewed way, like, you know, that, that reflects their own development. But uh, so like all, all of her sons will need a talking to as far as like how to treat other human beings, especially women, you know, like all of them are going to get that talk and need that talk right and and for it to be renewed but and so like i i wanted to go with her when it came down to that 
her son might be like, cause I know that uh, parents in the black community do have to explain to their children often uh, like how to interact uh, it, with the police in such a way yep. that will like keep them from aggravating them. Yes. Even, even though it's totally unjust, they just have to be extra wary and extra aware of like, don't expect that they're going to respond to you with the same kind of level of equity, you know, but that they might fear you and suspect you, but that she immediately assumes that this is because of his person and his physical stature. Like, that's where I started to go, what? Like, mm -hmm. why, why isn't this kid going to be totally nerdy as well? Especially if his brothers are like described as nerdy. He yeah, let me just say, if you grew up with a house of nerds, yeah, the ship's going down. Everyone's going to be nerdy. <laughs> Nothing wrong with that. Like, I usually follow what I see my brothers doing, and, it, you know, especially when I want to be like them, right? You know, so mm -hmm. if they're into nerdy things, dressed in nerdy or whatever, like, so will I. It's mm -hmm. just, yeah, I had a hard time. Sure, it was, an odd, it was an odd conversation. Like, an odd way to look at your sons and immediately kind of placing those stereotypes that the world already places on them you place them on on your own kid and and you know um that's troubling but the next thing that was it was that i found troubling was was what yeah. she says about the fact that her son very well might be um racially profiled by the police and that's good because that's they yeah. look um you know because my her son will look the part so he needs to understand that that's what's going to happen let me look for the um, hold on. Um, here, here, here goes. Um, it says, uh, statistically, I look at our prison population. And I see that there's a disproportionately high number of African-American males in our prison system. Um, so statistically, when a police officer sees a brown man like my Jude walking down the road, as a purse to my nerdy white kids, my white nerdy men walking down the road, because of statistics, they know in his head that these officers know in their head, they're going to know that statistically, wow, my brown son is more likely to commit a violent offense over my white sons. Okay, so the fact that in his head, a lot of in his head, he'd be more careful around my brown son than my white son, that doesn't actually make me angry. That makes the police officer smart because of statistics. Yeah. Yeah, so this is where the logic just completely goes out the window and probably why she deleted um right away. Mm -hmm. she went private she went private because mm -hmm. you realized it was bad logic like it's it's ridiculous to say if you totally gloss over and completely ignore the the very real um difficulties with like you know overcharging minorities harsher um sentencing you know um overall longer sentences even for small time offenses if you completely ignore all the other data that we have explaining why uh like minority populations are overrepresented in our prison system if you bracket that off it doesn't work in reverse that you say like oh well a lot of our um a lot of our prisons are full of you know people of color you know therefore they're more dangerous uh, this is a uh, this is this person 
looks dangerous and therefore he could be you know one of these these crim these criminals mm. it doesn't you can't flip it on its head and say like well automatically she's she's like you know de defending the the i guess well-intentioned good officers out there still the wrong moment for that still still not like the, the right play and I think actually a lot of those good officers are showing that to us. Like they're the ones who are joining in with the protesters, right? And they're they're like standing in solidarity. So they're the ones proving to us that like, no, no, we're okay. You don't need to necessarily like rise to our defense. We want to be in solidarity with uh, with this movement of suffering. Still the wrong, still the wrong moment for that kind of defense. And you've just fed into this completely false narrative of like come on but they give they commit more crimes right they mm -hmm. commit more crimes right and and it's it's a it's a very very unfortunate kind of um sure and i, I took issue with the fact that um i mean it was a whole thing but she does say like you know and, and people are saying this as well with the the lack of fathers and, and dad not being there. And because of that, they're nine times more likely or whatever the number is to go to jail on top of being born in that community, being black and all that. Okay. Okay. I'll grant you that. But here's the next part of that. Why is that such a, you know, odd thing to say? And, and this becomes part of like, well, that's a Republican talking point or no, they're real stats. However, they don't tell the whole story. Numbers don't lie, but they don't tell the whole story. Here's the thing, if you're gonna say that the reason, um, you know, um, the black community is suffering because of a, a lack of fatherhood or whatever, then also you have to, you have to, and, and uh, our buddy Mike Tenney, uh, Mike Tenney talked about this, you have to also include in that, that the reason that is, be there, that is there is because of the systemic racism that is there that places, you know, this on, on our, on um on our, uh, on black men like that's why it's there so okay yeah they're not at the home okay it's in the family i i got you i got you there but also what are some things in the system that has removed him from there the harsh sentencing right uh, the disproportionate sentencing for different crimes um with drugs with opportunity coming out of jail right um and and the and the the mark of death in terms of you coming out of jail and finding a job, right? right. Um, all these things need to be taken into account as well. And I think so many people are so quick to say, "Well, y'all need dads." Well, okay. Well, why aren't the dads there? We'll look in the details, and you'll right. notice that it could be systemic right. racism as as the reason why the fathers are not in the home. Yeah, and and the yeah, you you've exactly put, perfectly put it succinctly that that. There's a reason why we say there's lies, damn lies, and statistics is because we can we can manipulate the numbers that no one disputes in the wrong direction, you know, and put them in the wrong context and read them the wrong way and say like, well, see, this isn't this isn't a problem. Well, quite frankly, you learn as much about ourselves uh, from what it is isn't able to be supported by numbers as anything else because you know the data is missing why is the data missing like why are we not able to uh collect that you know collect that data why don't we know like you know the the success rates and like what works well because you know we don't study those things we only study 
problems in our society and yeah it's i i i i hurt you know a little bit for not just the you know the pro life movement as a whole but really for i guess those who want to be like recognized and and heard and treated by the christian right the same way that they're being treated by the christian left right now um and to be honest like you know i i don't anoint her as like the prophet of her side of the political spectrum there's plenty of people on her side of the political spectrum that i've heard being very very um charitable and uh and gracious and and reaching out and and uh you know calling themselves out even owning their own sins like you know taking this it seriously to examine our own consciences and try and like weed out uh, the root of sin in the heart of man you know that it's like ultimately my first move my first move is like okay what about me um so i hurt i hurt for you know the people that uh are like wow you know it was already hard enough <laughs> trying to be like a christian catholic at the same time pro-life <clears throat> And now it's gotten even harder, you know, because it's not a good representation. Right. And now, I mean, most Catholics will will put her up there in terms of pro-life warrior and all that, the unplanned movie and all this other stuff. And we want this shiny example. We want to root for somebody, right? But it's like, no, don't put your eggs in this basket because we're all basket cases. We're all wild. And um, in this case, I mean, wild Texan, I don't know, but not anything about Texas. But um, the next thing is, and, and this goes into our next point, and then we'll, we'll bring some levity. Um, where does Catholic media, like, where should, what should the conversation be in Catholic media? Because then we also see um, Gloria Purvis um, with the Morning Glory show or whatever that was pulled. Um, by uh, Guadalupe Radio. I don't know if you ever you ever tune in to Guadalupe Radio. No, so I was <laughs> I was I I hung we'll back. say yes, it. Father. <laughs> no, I don't, and and so I have to say, like I I wasn't willing to offer an unqualified opinion. Right. So it's a radio excited. show. So, sorry, Father. Let me uh, intro. So yeah, it's a it's a radio show that it's put on by EWTN. EWTN is like the main umbrella, right? And they they shell out the 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 shows and the programming. And so morning, um, so morning glory is one of those shows by the EWTN that Guadalupe Radio says, oh yeah, we want that. And so hey, we'll pay you to to put that in there. And so they put it into their programming. And so uh, they got a um a hundred angry email, uh, more like snail mail. <laughs> it was like elderly uh, folks and phone calls and, you know, and messing with the rotary and the, how do I call it? <laughs> the Rolodex, <laughs> you know, calling in saying, well, what, what's this conversation about racism? It sounds awkward. It sounds awful. Um, Gloria Purvis, uh, a black woman, was talking, was a radio host, been a radio host for I don't know how long. And um, she's on a conversation with two other men. One, I think two of them are priests. I'm not, I'm not too sure. Uh, without naming names, I don't know. Um, but I don't know. Did you hear about this? Uh, the, the outrage that, well, anyway, her show got pulled for a little bit. It's definitely pulled from Guadalupe Radio. EWTN is keeping it, but Guadalupe Radio, which is our local, like, which is, you know, all over the place, AM radio, 
has pulled it. What'd you think when you heard about it? Am I missing anything? No, I think that's, that's like definitely the background research that I, that I tracked down as well. Like that she is still recording her show. EWTN still produces it and has stood by her, but the broadcasting of the show on uh, the Guadalupe radio network has been temporarily suspended according to their statement. So she, her show still exists. She hasn't been completely shut down, but they won't actually broadcast uh, the content. And the, re the rationale they gave, boy, did it immediately bring back some, some memories for me. So they said, there's been lately a spirit of contention on the show and it, and then they cite themselves. I mean, kudos for them for, for putting up like the exact examples of what they're talking about. They, they load, um, they provide links to, you know, to two clips uh, from her show where like the co-hosts really get Surprised into they it. did that. Yeah. There's it's a good spicy kind of back and forth. I appreciated that. That was something. So like people like me could get caught up who aren't, familiar with the show and don't tune in ever um yeah because i mean it's not you're saving the world father you can't shaving your head you have no time to listen to am radio xm all the That's way right. as long as as long as my favorite sports talk shows are still in existence like i i'm gonna i'm gonna vote with my you know with my heart but um <laughs> the the rationale that there's a spirit of contention. This is divisive. You know, this rubs people the wrong way. It's polarizing. And then the conclusion being, therefore, we must avoid this, you know, because they make it clear that this is because they've received more complaints in the past week about this one show than they ever have for any other programming. And so they need to, like, just wait till the dust settles between the co-hosts and they get their kind of thing figured out. But here's the thing. I realize... I realize people need an oasis from the dust up of like, especially common news media, which is specifically designed to be contentious and to be like back and forth. Cause that sells, you know, it, it generates ratings and it, it it's sells the first take model. It's the CNN, yeah. but also ESPN sports talk, how the banter. It's exactly how political punditry is designed to work and i and i grant you that her show is not designed to be a, a political pundit commentary but that being said what like once upon a time you know when i was but a young lad in in college um at my school in new york um where i went to school um they wanted to or there were other students on campus who wanted to bring the vagina monologues to our campus oh. And our contention as a group of Catholics was like, this is not the best kind of feminism for us to promote. This is not an authentic, like, you know, celebratory feminism that values, like, um, women for what they are, but rather objectifies them in many ways and, um, like, reduces their, their meaning and value and intrinsic dignity to their physical being and there's lots of problems with those, but the reason the, the administration ultimately sided with us, the, what they decided in not allowing it to come, I thought was a very insufficient reason. And it's something that comes up often, I think, in Christian circles 
over arguments just such as these. They, they said the same, more or less the same thing. It's too polarizing. It's too polarizing for our campus. We're not cool with that. We don't want polarizing things. We want unifying things. Okay, okay. I, let's back up. <laughs> I, I get that we don't wanna be like purposefully like set against one another. But there's a difference between like the, the, the sowing of sin and division that like the forces of evil do in our ranks and then the very impetus and, and, and motivation for us to seek out greater unif unity with our brother and sister in common cause and, and to sew back together what we know is already broken. So it, it's, not, it's insufficient to like look at the thing in its broken state and say like, oh, well, we're not gonna talk about that because that's really broken and divided and, and you know, polarizing when <laughs> it got that way somehow, right? Probably from the very evil that we denounce and it needs to be sewn back together. We need to like, you know, work, work to amend that. And the effort to, to bring it back together is not one of division itself, right? It's the it's the symptom that we're we're noticing of the original problem, and uh, the yeah. So like obviously we're gonna have some growing pains, and some stumbling blocks upon one another, like trying to figure out how to come back together. Uh, yeah, that was my okay. yeah. <clears throat> I mean, you, you said it, and it was just I I didn't have so much a problem with what like the reactions were because like you know. Gloria's talking, and I love the clips because it showed, it didn't just, it wasn't like, it didn't show like racism with amongst the co-host. It, it actually was weird because it was kind of like borderline sexist, the way they were just talking over her. That's like the thing that I, it took with me. I was like, I was like, oh man, like this is awful. Like it was awkward. However, Kat, we have to talk about it at some point when we're going to acknowledge the big elephant in the room and also she's a host that's seasoned and you know she happens to be black and understand like this is a culture that we don't understand that i don't understand that you don't understand and so for her to speak on it what it is very important and the thing that um and i've been listening to and I, and I don't listen at all i was watching or listening to i didn't know my google i didn't know my little google thing i said hey google you know play relevant radio and i was not expecting it to go on relevant radio i thought you had to pay for that but i don't know they gave me a free one so like i never listened to catholic radio anything um for many reasons <laughs> but um because i love my sports talk too um but and, but i you know and i just heard it and it just like it just was really tough like kudos for trying to have the conversation but in having the conversation can we not try to pontificate and try to tell and say that we're going to fix this right now in this two hours and that mm -hmm. other people's takes are wrong and this is how it needs to be when you don't have folks in representing different positions. Um, it's very hard because it sounds like mansplaining and you hear that and you hear whitesplaining or whatever, like it, it comes off that way. And then it was very off putting. Um, but one of yeah. our commenters here, uh, Therese was saying she heard the clips I think that the principals needed more time to work it out they were logical fallacies and folks were talking over each other and not listening I agree uh, it says they should have had this discussion not on air first the pressure of being live drove them to talk over each other yeah 
that that is hitting it right on the head there, Therese, because um, they didn't want to look stupid, for one, and are educated, but at the same time, they were not listening. It was very cutthroat and just very, like, short, and it was it was super – I got uncomfortable because I felt bad for Gloria, not because, uh, you know, she's black, but I felt bad because she's being talked over and no one's letting her speak, it felt like, you know, and yeah. people were already dismissing her, throwing the flag. There, there was, there was kind of a, an unpolished quality to it, which I mean, for my personal taste, like, like I've watched enough of First Take and those other, you know, kind of talking head argument shows that it seemed like par for the course for me. But it would be really jarring if I was like a regular listener, and there's all, and it's like happy go lucky, like um, good vibes, good feelings, good Catholic talk. Morning you know? show needs to be like. Yeah, like a pump up, like, you know, get me fired up, get me praying, you know, get me thinking about the Lord Jesus and thinking about, you know, loving my neighbor. If if I if I tune in and I'm not hearing that, yeah, that does that does hit me like, ooh, cringy for sure. And I and I and I get that. Um, although that's not my um <laughs> that's not my personal preference. Um I wasn't a fan of the way they shut down her analogy and again i got this from only a, a minute 30 clip or whatever they posted but she she draws a comparison from the evil of abortion and as i understand it gloria's credentials uh, as like an anti-abortion pro-lifer are pretty darn impeccable like yeah, she's got some that. major jobs <clears throat> you know and credibility in that department um so shout out to gloria um she but then she she makes this parallel, which is a legitimate comparison, even in the Catholic worldview of moral theology, that annoys her her um, uh, fellow co-hosts because of like the the one main distinction between them. So she says like you know, police brutality is an instantiation of anti-life behavior, and I don't find anything wrong with that uh, kind of comparison. But they immediately point out the fact that like policing is not intrinsically evil, whereas all abortions are intrinsically evil. But I don't think that that was the like this is where the communication broke down for me because it it didn't seem like she was drawing the comparison between policing, policing. itself, yeah, but rather police brutality within policing and like how do you address that? Well, it could be that. There are some notions within the idea of um, defunding or reforming or shifting funding. Yeah, that's because I know this is itself a very hot issue, um, hot topic. But that that could address like this anti-life stance that has like rooted <clears throat> itself the good institution of policing. <laughs> I, I guess it it comes down to like, all right, well, how do we view pro-life issues? You know as a collective, you know, as that seamless garment model? Or like, is it just abortion until we fix abortion all the time? <laughs> and then that's that's the only pro-life issue that matters. Well, I think the church has already ruled on this, to be honest, you know? I think, I think we're perfectly capable of calling out the absolute, like, you know, hypocritical evil of, you know, allowing abortion to continue and especially to break down the family, you know, um, to harken back to the the Mike Tenney position, you know, that, that he uh, he shared with us. But then, you know, to to 
appreciate and be grateful that we have a voice like Gloria's specifically for this moment in the church, who's measured, who's calm. I mean, she participated in the the panel on racism that Georgetown Law sponsored with um, Archbishop Will Gregory. And um, she kind of flexes all over the place. Like she's got, she's, she's not only like a, a great com communicator, she's a prayer prayerful person, you know? And I think we always appreciate when we know that a, a thought, a position is coming from a place of prayer, you know, and a place of, of discernment. Um, but then they, they pull out the like, oh, I think you need to discern that better. And I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> We're not really doing spiritual direction live on radio, are we? <laughs> I was like, oh, God. No. Yeah, anyway, yeah. Um, kudos to Gloria. Keep doing your thing and uh, keep speaking into the void because, yeah, I'm one of those that I need to hear what my church has to say about this issue. And I need to, it is uncomfortable. It's awkward as hell. But I get it. Like in your morning show, you just want to go to work. I, I, there, but there needs to be a balance of, of, of what it is. and. I actually spoke to someone from Guadalupe Radio uh, who works there, and uh, we were, and I was talking to this person, and, and, and he or she were, were telling me that, um, yeah, they got a lot of angry responses from people that they didn't want to listen to that, that that was awkward, and I'm like, well, awkward for whom? Or like, like for who? Like, who is it towards? Like, because it honestly was very much like, let Gloria go, like let her do her thing, and I was like it would be a shame. And, and I know they made their decision already, but I was like, have conversations like that. I'm telling you, people need yeah. to hear it. But again, you know, money tells them what to do. Who knows? I don't know. They're being, they're trying to be led by the spirit, but at the same time, I know money talks and, um, and that's what sucks. I don't, I don't know what the rest of that yeah. phrase is. But. No, but <laughs> something walks. Um, <laughs> the, yeah, I get it. You know, like we're all kind of beholden to our, our listenership. You know, you can't reach anybody if everybody just shuts it down and, and tunes it out. But at the same time, like we don't we don't want, especially as as Christians, we really don't want to exist in an echo chamber that forfeits our entire identity. Mm -hmm. You know, like if we exist in an echo chamber, we are we have ceased to be a prophetic church able to point out, you know, um, what's, what's right and wrong to a culture that has forgotten God and has lost touch with him. Like that's, I mean, <laughs> the fact that, that we have lost so much of our, our moral credibility in the past few years makes this even more an imperative that we not like forfeit that part of our identity to just kind of bob our heads along with like what other people you know, want to hear. This is something that hits me to the core um, because preaching more or less like falls into the same trap, right? Like it, it's perfectly fine for me to just preach at weekend and uh, after weekend on like, like the lowest hanging fruit that won't ruffle anybody's feathers, you know, and won't challenge any, you know, deeper discipleship or whatever. Um, that's a huge temptation of my heart, you know, because like, I want to phone it in father. You want to, you know? <laughs> I like it when people give me desserts, not like angry emails, you know, like it's, and so <laughs> it would be so much easier and preferable to just stay in my lane and like, you know, always keep it to the, the already acceptable 
themes of the gospel, but the gospel itself is one of the most divisive things that has ever been given to us in the history of humankind. I've come to it's separate you know, father and mother, sister and brother. Like it's yeah. What do you think? Unless you like, unless you uh forsake all else you are not worthy of me we heard that this past weekend you know like you have to take up your cross you have to embrace suffering you have to turn your other cheek you know you have to forgive your enemies all of those are offensive ideas you know that run counter to like our own natural intuition of like how i should relate to my neighbor but this is a higher calling right and and so i feel like christians especially we need to like calm ourselves so that we're re much more willing to turn the other cheek and say like, wow, that's an idea that makes me feel awkward as heck, but I need to listen. You know, there may be something there for me to learn, you know, and there may be something there for me to contribute as well in response, mm -hmm. you know, but it, it all comes screeching to a halt <sighs> when I click out, you know, or click off, turn off. No, for sure. And and so, yeah, if anybody's listening, like support, you know, and call in, call into your radio stations or your podcast for us. Like, why aren't we talking about this? Why isn't relevant radio talking about this? Or why is it just, you know, two white guys? I mean, oof, we have a Spanish guy here on this one, but like, you know, um, you know, why not? Why not? You know, do it respectfully, do it opposite. And if you're worried about what you might say, don't do it live, you know, but you know, if, if that's what it is, you know, sorry, Father Pat, we like you live. But anyway, um, and, and ladies and gentlemen, you know, pay attention to where you put your dollars and support the voices that are trying to like, amplify those voices, especially during the Black Lives Matter. Like, as a philosophy, like, we should be all in on the philosophy of Black Lives Matter, that right now, this community is in trouble. We need to be all in on that. I don't know about, I don't need to know about the, all the right and the left. I get it. I know where the money's going, all this other stuff. But at the same time, you know, be smart and inform your conscience and see, like, as a church, we have to respond and it might not be with a solution and that might be hard for you, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And, that's kind of what it comes down to, right? That we are meant to be in this world, but not of it. Mm -hmm. And man, if that isn't all the source of contention and offensiveness that you need, right? For sure. <laughs> and, but, but you know what? But while you're of this world, uh, listeners and viewers, hey, why not? Why don't you join the family? Be our Patreon <laughs> supporter and come on in. The water is fine. Ladies and gentlemen, we are getting up there on the numbers. We've got some awesome supporters. Some of you are listening right now. Shout out to um, to uh, the, the many, the few, the, the brave, uh, the Patreon supporters. Wow. Thank you, Lord, uh, uh, for them. Uh, thank you, Jackie. Thank you, Susan. Um, thank you, uh, Brian. Right, all these names. Christina, Becca, all those, if I haven't named you, uh, these are the ones that are supporting us right now monthly. Uh, Jaime, uh, for those that are supporting the Holy Ruckus with their dollars, with their hard-earned green, um, paying for Father Pat's bomb beard, beard bomb. No, no, that's not where the money's going. It's going to produce this content to make sure that the content remains free, helps us to offset some of the website costs, some of the music licensing that we use for our podcast, our video programming, our software, but also to get folks to, um, to edit audio and video. The more and more we're getting bigger, the more we're getting larger, uh, it is getting a little, a little pricey. So if you're listening to this and um, you ain't got some money, you got a little Starbucks cash, you got a little four for four Wendy's money, go ahead, feed your soul, 
the Holy Ruckus Podcast. Here we go. Amplified Pack gives you a free blessing. That's not included, but you can definitely get a free blessing. You don't even have to be a Patreon supporter. Father Pat, before we go, um, give us some levity. Um, how has it been so, going? Go ahead. What were you going to talk about? I was I was definitely going to share some of my the, the personal highlights or the most um, joy-filled moments of this past weekend reopening for the first time at St. Patrick's anyway. Oh, yeah. A lot of our have been open for two weekends. And some of the things that made me chuckle, and um, I'm not like, I'm not meaning to like shame, publicly shame for the hiccups that happened. We, we, we knew that it was going to be like a little bit awkward coming back under all of these restrictions and the new guidelines. And um, one of the most frequent ones was actually had to do with communion. So like, I'm not trying to be blasphemous in any way, but like there was a number of people who, and, and I myself have forgotten that I'm wearing the mask a couple times. So like they received communion and they immediately like went to consume and they kind of had like the, the blocking effect of like error, error, does not, <laughs> does not enter. They're like error, error, <laughs> you know? And then they realized, oh, like I've got my mask still on. So like I saw a couple people with that struggle, you know, and I related, like, I was like, okay, I love you. Like, you're ever, living ever, ever. <laughs> That's right. And then they're like, I myself like had, a, had an awkward, line where i was like it's so good to see your smiling faces like as i was like thanking people for coming back and like I, then i realized like they're like half of their faces are completely blocked you know so then i was like uh you know because you can see you can tell in the eyes like it's all in the eyes right like <laughs> you can, there's and when irish eyes are smiling so i like doubled down on it and i was like and everybody's irish here you got someone like with, yeah oh lord <laughs> Yeah, I had a I had a couple faux pas um, myself, uh, but that then the ones that the ones that aren't my fault, you know, where like I usually have the benefit of a server, and I still miss like being at mass with a server, with the music going, with everything like you know normal. It's still very foreign or, or a little bit foreign to us. Um, like some of them are my mistakes at the altar, like forgetting what comes next, like what do I pour? And so like I started like saying wrong prayers, never like intinted water into it. And it was just mm -hmm. like me stumbling over my words of like, can I even mass? Like people are sitting there like, is he okay? Is he having a stroke right now? Like what was he doing for these past three months? Have you not said mass in three months, Father? Like you look a little rusty right now. Do you need a moment? Can we get you a drink of water? I'm like all awkward, just kind of like, uh, prayer come next, must do say preside. You know? <laughs> yeah, so it was me tripping over my tripping over my uh awkward self and just loving every minute, man. It, it was so nice loving having every people minute. back. Uh -huh. Oh my! Any highlights for you? Oh, um, not going to that. No, it's good. no, um, no. I went. We went to. We went to a few. Like on Father's Day, we went to. Uh, saw you at the first mass of a of a friend, Father oh, James, yeah. by James Morrison. So that was beautiful. That was awesome for us as a family, and a gift for me as a father. Uh, to see someone becoming a spiritual father <clears throat> on Father's Day. That was pretty awesome. Uh, and then the next week, we did like a tent mass uh, over another parish. So that was really cool. I uh, got to help out with First Communions. 
um, doing some live streaming there for a parish nearby. And um, this week, look forward to doing it again. And so uh, it's been good and uh, you definitely miss it. And um, so, yeah. Yeah, it's it's still going to be a little bit different and like a little bit not what we're not used to. And I hope that people will continue to see that as like itself an act of solidarity with the people who aren't able to come at all. Like, you know, the fact that it's a little less desirable as this isn't the church that I'm used to. Like, I like to sing seven hymns and all <laughs> of the and two of them have to be in Latin. Like, none of that is is happening and so it's kind of like it's like quasi you know sad or like a little bit like you know disappointing but because there's so many that like want to be like right there with us experiencing the same kind of like joy and disappointment i think it's a worthy uh offering and sacrifice until we all get back you know yeah. to the people who come and pray with us and remember those who are like still stuck in nursing homes still frozen and isolated totally 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 i mean <sighs> captain america was stuck in ice for 70 years <laughs> so was the other you know hang was for 100 years he was 112 years old when he came out of the ice to fight the fire nation there you go can you guess, can you ladies and gentlemen <laughs> be grateful the nba may not be back who knows about the nfl season but we do know Mass is coming back, ladies and gentlemen. Father Pat is suiting up just for you. Uh, Father Pat, go ahead and give us a blessing. Anything, parting shots? What do you have for the people? Go ahead and give it to them. The Lord be with you. May Almighty God bless you and keep you. His face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord look upon you with kindness and give you his peace, so much so that it overflows upon those whom you are caring for, those whom you are praying for, those whom you are called to witness to. May they bless God's holy name through your, your own example. And may Almighty God bless you, the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Thank you so much, Father Pat. Ladies and gentlemen, we've been the Holy Nuggets Podcast um, every week, hitting you up. Thanks so much for listening. Um, do us a favor. Like us on uh, Facebook. Follow us on Facebook, Instagram, um, the podcast on Spotify, Google Play, Apple Podcasts, always there. If you want to listen to more Father Pat, if you want to do a Father Pat marathon, this is like episode seven, episode eight for you, Father Pat. So yeah. definitely, if you want more of Patty Cakes, go ahead and get your fill. <laughs> All right. Peace be with you, everyone. Thanks, Josh. Good to be uh, with you. All right, y'all. God bless you. <laughs>